welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Being Coco B, where we are here trying to get our lives together. Okay, it's all about learning and growing, and we do that from hearing other people's stories. So that's why we are back with another great story, another great woman, young lady who is who I'm really impressed by, to be honest. Um, when I saw her, um, I just when I saw her story or got a little tidbit of who she was, I'm like, I, I have to have her on. And so I have Mrs. Brittany Miller on the other side waiting to get into the details of who she is and what she's done. I, as I said, I'm blown away because she's still young. She's still young and doing so much and accomplishing so many things. So stay tuned for Mrs. Brittany Miller on the other side. One of my many goals in life is to impact women's lives by helping them start a business using some of the same methods I've used to start my own business. I understand starting a business can be very overwhelming, especially if you're one of those people that simply don't know what business to start. Let me help you with that process. You can reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at I am Coyetta, or you can email me at info at Coyetta.com and let me help you create the life you want. Hello? Yes, can you hear me? I can hear you great now. Yay, I can hear you too. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> oh man, I swear every podcast we have some type of issue, but I'm so glad to have you on, Mrs. Brittany Miller. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? For having me. You're more than welcome. I'm so happy to have you on. Everybody, this is Mrs. Brittany Miller, who's a serial CEO. That's what she calls herself in PR plus, uh, plus branding. Uh, she's also a woman's advocate. Um, what else do you want the people to know about you? Woman to Woman Talk, that's the magazine. And um, Let's Be Woman. Tell us tell us a little bit more about who Brittany Miller is. Take us from the beginning. Oh, wow. We'll be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> we got time. We got time. I hear you, girl. Okay. So, um, basically, I became a full-time entrepreneur in 2013. Um, I quit my job. I was working at a traditional nine to five, helping somebody else become a millionaire. Um, yeah, so I quit my job because I was pretty stressed out and I knew that it wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started doing hair because I was going to be an entrepreneur. I just knew that I needed a different job. Right. Um, and so I left my job and I started doing hair just as like a little hustle to get money to pay my bills until I found a better job right. um, and I was good at it I had um, I built my clientele up I had a great reputation and um, people started referring people and it just kind of took off before I had a chance to try to pursue anything else uh-huh. um, yeah so from there uh, I started out really mobile hairstyling and I was traveling um, originally from Philadelphia so um I was traveling pretty much all over the tri-state from Philadelphia to Delaware to New Jersey to, um, you know, just the surrounding areas, almost about an hour away from my residence. Right. And 
And me doing that allowed my clientele to grow so large that I eventually had to transition into having my clients to come to me. Um, and then from there, I, I started a nonprofit organization for women because just having females in my chair and doing hair and just having conversation, yes. I started to realize that a lot of the women that I knew had a lot of the same struggles and a lot of the same problems. Yeah. Um, so I started a support group on Facebook that grew to over 2,000 women um, really quickly, actually. And we would do monthly outings. We would go out. We would um, have recreation. We would do workshops. We would have, like, I would do cross workshops where I would have women in the group who were, um, who had areas of expertise that could help other women. And they would basically mentor those women. And we would do all kinds of great, empowering things. Right. Um, now, through me doing my nonprofit, I ended up uh, getting the attention of a few celebrities and uh, one of the local radio stations that was in Philadelphia at the time. And um, they invited me to come and do an interview. And so from there, I started to try to get the word out about what I was doing. And I was featured on a few different um, public platforms. And so um, I was still doing hair as a hairstylist. I ended up opening up a hair salon in mm -hmm. Philadelphia. Um, and so I was doing well. That was like my main thing. However, um, I'm also a mother of five. Yes, I, I saw that. That is a lot. <laughs> yeah, so back then, yeah. you know, doing hair is pretty time consuming. And, yes. um, you know, it just takes a lot of time away from my family, even though I was making good money and, you know, I was working on my own and I was able to make my own schedule. Yeah. Doing, doing hair had me tied down. So I knew I had to make some kind of transition to be more accessible for my kids. Right. Um. And what ended up happening when I went and did the radio interview for my nonprofit, someone in Atlanta, a media company in Atlanta, must have heard the interview. And they reached out to me to give me my own radio show in Atlanta. Awesome. Based on, yeah, based on the theme of my nonprofit. Right. So I flew out to Atlanta to do some training for radio just to see what it was like. And um, I really loved the city. I loved the people out there. Like it just was more friendly and inviting and there was a lot of opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I kind of kept a mental note. And um, about a year and a half after that, I decided with my husband that we were going to move to Atlanta um, and that I was going to kind of start over and switch industries because of the fact that hair was taking up so much of my time. Absolutely. Um, so I closed my salon. Um, I packed up my car, moved our kids. You know, me and my husband moved our kids from Philadelphia to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, and I literally just cold turkey jumped into a new industry. I started doing branding and public relations because I realized that while I was doing branding and public relations for myself, mm -hmm. for my hair business and for my um, nonprofit, just getting the radio interviews and just getting more attention of the public, I started learning the craft and I started um, making new connections and just developing techniques. And so I knew that it was another way that I could make money. Absolutely. And so, yeah. So when I got to Atlanta, I started writing for um, a magazine there and I did a cover, a 10 page cover spread with Selena Johnson. Mm -hmm. um, and after that, I ended up working with Sheen Magazine. So I started writing for them, yeah. which 
once I did that, it helped me to build my connections um, for my public relations business. I would get access to events that, you know, I normally wouldn't have access to or celebrities or platforms. And it just helped me to feed my new business. Um, and so now I've been in Atlanta. I've been living in Atlanta since April of 2018. And I have like my, my company has kind of taken off, you know, in my, awesome. from my perspective. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I find that there's like, um, initially I was going to ask you what is in the Atlanta water? Because I find that <laughs> there is, I don't know, there's like black magic going on over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, to be honest, and this is just a marketing thing within mm-hmm. the last five years. Yeah. Black culture, black women, black excellence, and entrepreneurship has become a um, a market in of itself. Yes. Um, and so because of that, it's magnified because we have social media and then we have a lot of celebrities that have jumped on the wagon. Right. And so, you know, a lot of women and people in general are just being empowered to start businesses, especially mm-hmm. with you know, the, the, the crazy circus that's going on in our White House. So, right, 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 right. So, that's, you know, that's, a, that's another topic. Things, <laughs> yeah. Considering all of those things, you know, it's just kind of, um, it makes sense, you know, what's going on now with the industry and all the black magic that's going on. Lots of, lots Well, not of... black magic, but black girl magic. Yeah, black, black girl magic, <laughs> black, woman, black woman magic. It, it's all happening in Atlanta. It's like it's the hub of um, entrepreneurship, of um, mm-hmm. just women supporting women. I see a lot of that happening in Atlanta. And I just, I just ask myself all the time, what is in that water? I need some. <laughs> <laughs> now, I also noticed that you are still a very young woman what started this drive like where did you get that drive from because you're still oh yeah so actually right yeah. now it's funny because right now as we speak I actually I actually have a hair client and I'm in Philadelphia so oh yeah see so, there you go <laughs> yeah yep. I travel um I come back to Philadelphia every two to three months or so and I stay for about a week and right. I pa- where did you go Oh, you're cutting out. Combination of um, obedience to God mm-hmm. um, and dedication to my family. Like I, I'm really shooting for um, a level of stability that only God can provide. <laughs> right. Now. Uh, I'm right there with you. I'm I, right. <laughs> I'm right there with you. But when did you realize that you have? Um, you know, as a child, we had certain gifts and talents and dreams. What were your dreams as a child and how does it relate to who you are now? So that's a good question because as a child, I never, so I never intentionally wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, but when I think back, I had multiple businesses as a kid. Right. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. know, but I remember as a kid, setting up I had this company called TLC cleaning and I wrote up a little list of all these little chores and I put like a dollar a dollar fifty and I went to my grandma and I was like you know hey we have a business and can you pick something off the list and can you pay me and I'll do it you know I had a little nail business where I would do nails and paint nails I always wanted to you know just start thing I used to write little mini books like I just was always a creator in general Mm. 
So you yeah. can see that those talents actually existed from you were a child. So you, you're actually just walking in your path, really. Pretty much, you yeah. know, to an extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. And, yeah. you know, doing the nine to five work, which I totally know about, how, mm. did, <laughs> how did your family feel, your husband feel about you walking away? Because that, that must have been a difficult decision to make. Um, it was, but it, it, at the same so put it like this. Ever since I was 16, I've, I've always had a job. I've always worked. Okay. Um, I had my oldest daughter when I was 16. Yeah. So I, I got my first job then and I've, and I've pretty much worked nonstop since then. Even if I had to leave one job and start the next, there was never much time in between that I wasn't working. Right. And I've never attended a job interview and not gotten the job. Awesome. So, yeah. So, uh, so when I talked to my husband about my work stress, um, you know, he, he, he understood and he was like, well, you know, you don't like it there and then just leave. But you know, the, the plan was never for me to just leave indefinitely. The plan was for me to leave and go find another job and go on another interview and just get another job. Like I always do. Right. So we didn't really think about it like, okay, we're going to be on our own now. We're going to have one income, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. we didn't think about it like that. So once I quit my job and I started doing hair, um, and it just started to pick up. It, it was kind of a, I don't want to say a smooth transition, but it was a transition that gave us enough faith that we were okay. Right. But financially, in the beginning, it was a huge struggle um, because when I first started doing hair, I had never done hair before publicly. I had never went to hair school. I didn't have a license. Mm-hmm. So I made my prices really, really low just so that I could build a rapport and make sure that people um, would want to give me a try. And I also made my services mobile to open the door for, you know, more people to say, OK, I'll give you a try. Awesome. And then awesome. once I, you know, once I built that reputation, I raised my prices and I started to make it more beneficial for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to start somewhere. I love that you didn't even, you've never even been to a uh, cosmetology school and you just still decided to jump in. That's pretty awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was just something that I, um, I mean, I've always done my own hair and I have natural hair. So I really started out just doing natural hair. And as mm-hmm. my clientele grew and people really got loyal to me, they started pushing me to do braids and to do weaves and to do color. And so I, I self-taught myself all those things based on what their needs were. Awesome. That That's yeah. drive right there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. based on your experience of, you know, leaving that nine to five world, what do we need to consider before we do the same? Um, before, faith. You know, uh, yeah. Honestly, I would yeah. say faith, for mm-hmm. real world, because I hear so many people say that they want to be prepared and they want to save and they want to make sure this and make sure that. And I totally, totally get it. But whenever I give advice, I can't really give that advice because my life and not just with me leaving my nine to five, but just right. my life in general, I've mm-hmm. always just got up and gone. Right. Um, And I've always just put myself into a sort of survival mode. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I really don't leave myself much option besides to make it work. I love that. Yeah. So that's kind of what really secures things for me every time is that I really don't give myself a choice. I just, I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't give myself any other option. Right. And, and the, the, um, 
the, the thing that you've mentioned throughout this conversation is your faith. Your faith seems to play a big part in who you are and what you do. Tell me, tell me more about that. Oh yeah. So that's, um, that's, that's been, so faith has been a long journey for me. Um, spiritually, uh, as a kid, I was raised Roman Catholic, (laughs) which is, yeah, I mean, it's pretty, I want to say, I don't want to say uncommon, but it's not as common for black culture. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. But my grandparents and my mother's side of the family is not black. They are Puerto Rican and Irish. Um, so I was raised Catholic and, and, um, I was always introduced to God and I was always led by, um, you know, spirituality. However, I got to a certain age where I didn't agree with the Catholic religion anymore. Right. And I got closer to God and I was more intimate with God. And, um, really my faith grew by testing God. I tested God a lot of times. There was a lot of times where I wanted to do my part just so that I could hold God accountable and see what he would do. Right. Um, and as I started to do that, I started to see things work out differently. And just in my experience, I'm always, uh, God always comes through for me in the mm. nick of time at the last minute. Right. So because of that, it really strengthened my faith because knowing and panicking for a long time and you're waiting, you're waiting, you're panicking, you're panicking, and then God comes through right on time, it, it, it almost can't do anything but strengthen your faith because right. it's like you know that worry that you felt and you know how close you were to being totally, you know, at the bottom. And then God came through with something that only he could do. And it's almost like if you don't acknowledge it, you're almost foolish, you know? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. So faith so, is is the hub and epicenter of, of what you do and who you are. It drives me completely. Absolutely. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Now, through, throughout, you know, the hair uh, world, you connect with a lot of women and that gave birth to your nonprofit. So based on what you've learned, you know, when being with a client um, uh, in the chair and, and um, you know, setting up your nonprofit, how important is community and connection based on okay. what, you know, your experience? So community and connection is everything for me. Yeah. Um, it's literally, it's literally the core of my entrepreneurial existence because yeah that's 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 what i've built my my whole existence on is women and women's empowerment and it started with hair so yeah me serving women in hair caused me to do the women's nonprofit, and then that caused me to get exposure to the public relations world and the communications world and the media world and so what i did was once i started my public relations company and my branding company Mm -hmm. it was only right for me to just service women clients so i actually don't accept male clients Okay, like none at all. We don't deal with the men. Nope, not at all. <laughs> yeah, they, they they got their own stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Plenty of people out there who serve them, so you know, I'm I, fine with my ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because um, we need our own space. We need our own thing, and so that's Absolutely. that's what you provide. What is um, you mentioned that you also do PR? Mm-hmm. Okay, and what is one thing we need to do when we're trying to get exposure? Um, well, it's hard to say one thing because it's really a lot of things. It's a lot of things? Okay. Yeah. Um, but if you're trying to, so 
it's different if you're trying to get exposure on your own versus trying to get exposure working with the public. Okay. There's okay. different. Right. Um, I know if you're looking to work with a publicist, you definitely mm-hmm. want to have a budget. Right. Some kind of budget in place because a lot of times people think that if they pay a publicist that 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 fee that they're paying that publicist is supposed to cover, you know, everything that needs to be done. And what happens is we do our job and we make the connections and we we give them access to what they need but then they have to take the ball from there okay. and take care of those expenses you know what I mean right um sometimes you know a lot of times there are free collaborations or free opportunities but then other times like things like photo shoots or things like visuals or sometimes there is a paid process for interviews depending on what kind of platform you want to be on right. um so things like that you just want to have a budget because you don't want to limit yourself um And one thing also about getting exposure is you don't want to turn your nose up at small platforms. Right. That's the number one thing. Um, And it's sad because I have clients who are A-list celebrities and then I have clients who are brand new startups. Yeah. And I promise you, every time, um, it's always the new startups that have a problem with small platforms. Really? Celebrities... The celebrities never have a problem because they understand what it does. They know what it is. Right. You know? Okay. Um, but the smaller platforms, they always want, you know, the smaller uh, businesses, they always want large platforms and it just doesn't work that way from the beginning all the time. Absolutely. So yeah. there is, there's a, there's a, a, a expectations. They need to manage their expectations essentially. Absolutely. And, well. and also if you're looking to work with a publicist, it's best to research and really know what a publicist does and what the field entails. Because a lot of times when I, when clients um, hire me or even when I do consultations, mm-hmm. I realize that they expect publicists to be booking agents or managers. Right. And that's not, you know, that's not what we are. Like I have clients who are authors They may write a book and they want to get speaking engagements and, you know, I can help with getting speaking engagements, but I can't guarantee you that they're going to be paid. You know, I can't, things like that are for booking agents. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're looking to just grow exposure or improve your image and things like that, that's Mm -hmm. totally different than um, looking for compensation because that's more for a booking agent or a manager. Hmm. Okay, so there's there's some work involved in terms of um, research, right? Absolutely, yes. Okay, all right. And you also have your own magazine company. Yes, uh huh. So so that kind of ties into to PR. Like, how did Absolutely. that come about? Yeah, yeah. Because that's exposure, right? Absolutely. So yeah. so essentially, me writing for so originally when I moved to Atlanta, like I told you, I. Yeah. I switched from hair to um, writing. That was my first foot in the door to PR. I started writing for the magazine down there, and then I did the 10-page spread with Selena Johnson. And um, by me going to different events and having access to different people and platforms, it gave me access to become a publicist. Okay. Um, And me writing for the magazine and going to these different events and covering events as press, I was able to maximize that opportunity. And while I would go to these events or I would, you know, interview these people, I would also network for my clients. Right. Um, And so they kind of bounce off of each other and work hand in hand, as well as um, I have 
I have experience on both sides of the fence. So when you're a publicist and you're writing pitches, you send email pitches to these different um, news platforms, radio stations, magazines, you know, they're looking for a certain format. They're looking for a certain thing. And because I've been on the magazine side and I've been the writer, the interviewer and the editor, I know what they're looking for. So it gives me an upper hand as a publicist. Awesome. And I, and I, and then with the magazine that kind of ties in because you can also give um, your people exposure, your clients or whomever. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. my magazine, um, my magazine is fairly new as a magazine. So mm-hmm. um, if you remember when I told you I was offered a radio show to yes. do a radio show. Yes. So that's where my magazine originally started. Awesome. Um, my woman to woman talk magazine was woman to woman talk radio. Right. Okay. So I took it off of the air because the station I was working with, they started seeing that I was bringing in celebrity guests Mm -hmm. and they started trying to sell ads and add all of this money involved into it. And I didn't like that because it wasn't what we initially agreed. So they were trying to get money out of my guests because of their status. And so I decided to part ways with them and I turned my radio show into initially an interview blog. And then recently this year, I, I, I uh, basically elevated from a interview blog to a full digital magazine. Awesome. And it's a beautiful magazine at that. So oh, thank you. I you're welcome. It. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, I love that you keep like transitioning and I love that you learn as you go along because none of these things are things you went to school for. Right. I love right. I, I yeah. absolutely am like amazed by that. Because you know what it is, I am a, so I don't want to say I'm an opportunist, because usually when someone is labeled as an opportunist, it's usually negative. Right, yeah, yeah. However, I really can't think of a better word to to really describe it, but Mm -hmm. anytime I have an opportunity to grow or to advance or to increase my income, I'm on it. Right. I'm on it. So... You know, right now I'm pre- I'm preparing. I'm I'm always preparing to add a new stream of income, to add a new extension to my brand, um, to grow, whatever the case may be. Because I don't like to limit myself, and I want to get it to the point where one day my my, my money is making itself. So uh, I'm right there with you, Brittany. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you, and and. the um, woman, the, the lady that's trying to transition her life into a new um, line of work that she's never done before, how, what would you say to her? I would say to, number one, make sure it's something that they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, because anytime you're learning something new or you're getting into something new, you have to have the inner will to want to do it because there's going to be tough challenges that you won't really survive if you don't have the passion. That's right. So, um, that's number one. And then number two, I would just say, do research, you know, look up whatever it is you need to look up. Anything you don't know, try to find out. Mm -hmm. Um, and just don't be afraid of failing because I have failed so many times. And honestly, some of my failures led to some of my greatest victories. So, you know, you just can't be afraid of anything. You can't be afraid to fail. You can't be afraid to win. Because some people are even, believe it or not, they're afraid to win. So, yeah, that's true. Because, yeah, yeah that's, that's an excellent point. 
because they've never won before uh, in a certain right. way. So it's like, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you set a goal and you want something so bad. And then when you get so close to it, you're, you back out because you're scared. Right. So, exactly. It's like fear yeah, of the unknown. Like that. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good point. And w- with this, in the spirit of transitioning, um, you mentioned a lot as well that you networked. How important is that? Because I hear that all the time. You're also a, a mother to five beautiful girls. How hard is that? And, you know, to, to network with your family, your husband, your, your children, like how hard is that for you to, to get out there? Um, well, it's it, honestly, it hasn't been hard for me at all because I've always been a people person in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I've always been a talker. Yeah. Um, I've always been a generous person, so I don't ever have to try to really network when I talk to people and, you know, I ask questions, I find out what they do. It's like automatically a light bulb goes off in my head with somebody I can connect them to or some something I can introduce them to. And nine times out of 10, I'm usually the middleman in everything. Mm -hmm. So my networking for myself kind of gets done by default by me helping other people network. Wow. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, no. I understand. I understand. Yeah. So would and you... Like I was, and like I was saying before, too, like I involve my kids a lot. So if there's ever anything I can bring them to, I bring them. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, if I ever have someone come to me or offer to do something with me, I ask if they can be a part of it or whatever the case may be. And I involve them in things. Uh, my husband... He, he's kind of, um, I don't know. He doesn't really, he, he's more, he just more so is a very structured man. Right. So he works, he comes home, you know, he, he eats his dinner, he relaxes. He kind of has the same schedule every day. Right, right. So, and he's pretty, he's pretty fine with that. And with me, I'm the total opposite. I'm always having something different going on every single day. Um, so, you know, the the beauty of it is that being a full-time entrepreneur, whenever you have busy seasons, you also have the opportunity to schedule yourself a completely idle season. Mm, okay. So you just have to prioritize. You have to make sure that you keep the important things first. And if you have had a stretch where you've been doing nothing but working, then you have to maybe jump ahead a few weeks on your calendar and schedule you a few days of solace, you know? Okay. Understood. Yeah. Understood. So you're, yeah. you're in control of that essentially. I try to be. Yeah. I'm yeah. not always as in control as I'd like, but I try to be. Absolutely. But definitely more in control than nine to five land. So <laughs> there's that. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you also do branding. So what's the one thing we need to understand about branding? Um, what like what are we missing? Uh, so with branding, I would just say you really have to have the essential foundation in place. Before you can think about branding, you have to have a business plan. Right. Um, you have to have an inside your business plan. You have to have a mission statement. You have to have an objective. Yes. You have to have your foundation, how you're going to operate, what what your operations are going to be. A lot of times people don't think that far. They just say, oh, I want to have a blog. Mm-hmm. I want to start a blog. And it's like, okay, that's great. But how do you want your blog to operate? How often do you want it to go out? What kind of platform do you want it to be? Uh, Instagram Live? Do you want it to be social media? Do you want it to be email driven? You know, all those things matter. And then once you get all of those details in place, then you can figure out the best branding plan for your business plan. 
because everyone's business plan is different, which means that everyone's branding um, standards will be different Hmm. depending on what your goals are also. So some people, um, I've worked with companies who don't want to be the face of their brand at all. They just want the company and they don't want anyone to know who owns it. So people like that have to brand totally different than someone else who is the total face of their brand. Mm, I love that. Okay. So for someone, bring me or walk me through um, an example, as you just said, of the person that wants their brand to kind of not to be the face. So like walk me through the process. People like that. Um, Typically people like that, Mm -hmm. instead of working more on a networking networking focus, Mm -hmm. we work on a marketing focus. Ah, okay. I see. Um, Because a networking focus obviously requires the owner of the business to exchange with multiple people and platforms because that's the whole point of networking. Mm -hmm. However, um, with someone who wants to remain anonymous or not be the face of their brand, your, your full existence and success is relying on marketing. Right. Um, so we 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 really focus headfirst on that. We focus on visuals. We focus on having a clean crisp a clean crisp image. Um, we really buckle down on the mission statement because the mission statement has to be solid and very easy to understand, um, straight to the point, so that when your brand does come in contact with people, it doesn't take them long to process because there's really no one for them to associate it with to support. Mm. So. It has to be something that they can experience just through the, the, the integrity or the foundation of the brand itself. So um, with that, you also want to know who your market is because you want to study why that market decides to shop. Right. What makes that market shop so that you can cater to, to their needs. Mm-hmm. And in your experience of, speak, of uh, working with celebrities and, you know, non-celebrities, Mm-hmm. Um, which segment um, of clients are typically harder to deal with or less receptive to change? Um, I would say non-celebrities. Yeah. Non-celebr- okay. Non-celebrities are definitely more of a challenge to work with mm-hmm. and for obvious reasons. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. celebrities have a budget in place already and they're not as... Um, weary to spend because they have more right they have more in case something goes bad you know? right yeah yeah um so they have more trust because it's almost like they already know what it entails in the industry that they're in and they have the respect for each individual person and what they do mm-hmm. um nine times out of ten celebrities have a whole team so right. they work with one person for their assistant they work with someone else as their stylist someone else as their accountant and So everybody has their respective role and it's just almost very smooth because they just expect you to do their job and they just give you yeses to everything you want because (laughs) they trust you you. now with small businesses there's a lot more risk that they're taking Mm -hmm. um they're also very new to whatever they're doing usually so they're still learning themselves um and then also it's just the expectations because if they haven't been in the industry for long or at all they don't really know what what it's like and so there's a level of trust that has to be there that they have to trust that you know the industry more than they do right. and that you're not going to lead them astray so right. yeah that really it's a real trust thing that has to happen between um you know a, a publicist or a brand manager and a client 
yeah, trust is a huge thing for any sort of a, whether relationship, whether personal or business. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's an excellent point. Now, you're on the go right now. You're in um, Philly, as you mentioned earlier. So yeah. <laughs> what what do you do to relax, to wind down from a stressful day? Like what what is good for Brittany? When I do it, I'll let you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Um, so like I said, the most that I could probably say um, is that if it gets bad to the point where I'm just like, okay, I need a break for real. I have to schedule it. Um, I have to schedule it and I just kind of do the things that make me happy or I spend time with my family outside of work things, Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. But to be totally honest and transparent, I don't, I don't get much rest. I don't do much recreation outside of work and Mm -hmm. I don't have much time for myself. So Mm, yeah. That's just the honest stuff. The honest stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't seem to be get like five to six hours of sleep a night on average. Maybe five, five to six hours. I understand. However, it doesn't seem to be wearing you out or, or you know, affecting oh, no. yeah, you. I'm, 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 I'm a little. I think I'm an alien or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you... a little strange. I just, I don't know. I have an adrenaline that I can't really explain. And like I said, I really think that it has a lot to do with my faith because. I have dealt with things like depression and things like um, suicidal thoughts and um, all kinds of just mental um, illness things that that have come from different life experiences that I've been through. And so knowing that I have the ability to go there, I have to keep myself busy because, you know, I I, I never want to get to a point where I feel that way again. Absolutely. No, that makes total complete sense so you know keeping yourself busy is one thing to not get back into that frame of mind but is there someone you lean on to um kind of coach you through is it grandma seeing that grandma's in the background (laughs) (laughs) um technically it's my husband okay Um, but really like i said it goes back to it goes back to the man above because really God is my confidant, right. number one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whenever I feel like nobody else can understand me or like I'm just totally confused or whatever the case may be, I talk to God. And one thing that sticks with me and one scripture that sticks with me is that faith without works is dead. Absolutely. So, yeah, so with me, I kind of I kind of just, you know, live by that. And mm-hmm. when I get frustrated, I talk to God, I hash it out. And then when I'm done, I kind of just really hold myself accountable because I know that I'm going to turn around and look to God to do what he said. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a very faith driven experience. And my husband, like I said, he, you know, he's there every day, all day. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I confide in him and we talk and he helps me. So, and I do the same for him. Absolutely. That's how it's supposed to work. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I, and, um, just to kind of wrap everything up, you know, the woman to woman talk or magazine and also the, you know, the nonprofit that you've built has revealed a lot to you, as well as, you know, being a stylist, having people sit in your chair. So based on all the, the collective experiences that you've had, what do you think women need to hear from other women? Um, number one, that, that we don't need to compete at all. 
Ah, there um, we go. Yeah. We, we we don't need to compete. And I when I say at all, I mm-hmm. mean at all. Um, <laughs> okay. There's literally even if we're doing the same exact thing, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter because God has a purpose for everybody, and no one is desire is is, is destined to be a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone has has wealth at the end of their at the end of their rainbow. You know what I mean? You right. just have to go for it. And you can't tear anybody down on your way. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't you can't get jealous or upset when you see other people doing great things because all of that is energy. And when you when you do that, even if you're not saying it to them or acting on it, just the thought alone is is taking away from your value. Uh, so, right there. Yeah. You know, people just have to and women in general just have to learn that lighting somebody else's flame doesn't blow yours out. absolutely yeah that's my biggest thing and it's actually the foundation of what started our women's nonprofit. Mm -hmm. um and the the reason why i decided to do those workshops where basically i asked the group list your expertise list your area of work what do you do how do you work and what i did is i took a teacher and um you know a writer and a mathematician and I put them together in one workshop to help parents that to tutor their kids you know Ooh, yeah things like that or mm-hmm. I'll take a, a, a credit expert and a real estate expert and do a workshop for women that are looking to buy a house you know things like that and 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 I use the very women that were in our group so mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that people knew that you don't have to go you know eight miles high to find what you need you just have to look to the side and there's women right here that can help you and there's so much that you can do to help them absolutely yeah the the, the woman uh the world of women is sometimes very competitive and mm-hmm. um i love what you just said that, that, that makes total sense to me absolutely and a lot of times too it's the men that that do that to us Ah, um, okay. But we have to realize that when it comes to that, we have the upper hand. Mm. You know, men will only do what we allow them to do. And sometimes, you know, men will put women against each other or put one woman down for a reason that another woman may have an advantage. And so it, it causes the women to look at each other like, you know, they're ready to, to pounce. So... And not just in relationships, but just in general. Yeah. Um, women have to know their power and stick together and understand that, you know, we, we're we the ones who really run this world. <laughs> so <laughs> even though we've been told all our life is a man's world, that's all fine and well, but it's not really true. <laughs> Uh, not um, really true awesome. those men that are at the top they need us women <laughs> Ab- absolutely absolutely they can't the world can't function without women so right there you go there you go do you find that the the pitting against women against women is more in a in a celebrity world or is it just like regular oh no, oh, no just in general okay okay um, just in general so even something as small as um like i said like a relationship if mm-hmm. a guy is dating a girl he may tell her oh i you know why you you don't have long hair or you don't have light skin right. or okay you don't yeah. have this and so it gives the woman you know a, a little bit of fuel to feel like they're jealous over the next woman mm-hmm. you know things like that but it's something that you allow that man to plant in your head so we just have to be more conscious of our value in general so that no one can break it not women or men 
Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Now I'm, I'm in Toronto, Canada, so I need to know when you're going to be here. Canada. Okay, and um, I've never been to Atlanta, so I don't know. It sounds like we got some work to do. Yeah, and Atlanta <laughs> is actually, I meant to tell you this, I didn't realize you were in Canada. I thought you were actually in Atlanta. Yeah. Um. So, being as though you kept mentioning Atlanta as like, you know, this, this place that just seems great. One thing that I will say that gives Atlanta that advantage is that it's the largest production city in the country. Oh, okay. I don't know if you knew that, but it is the largest production city, even larger than Los Angeles on production. Oh, wow. And that's, and that's because mm-hmm. they have all of the studios there, all of the stations and studios, um, Tyler Perry Studios, obviously, yeah. their own network, a lot of the television studios and things, they all film there. So a lot of movies and TV shows and award shows are filmed there. So there's a lot of people of power that frequent Atlanta every day. So that contributes to the hustle and flow of Atlanta as well, because there's literally over 800 events every weekend. Right. And there, then there would be a lot of kind of networking for you to do because there's always oh, something sure. happening. For sure. Yeah. It's usually, it's usually more challenging to weed out what I don't want to do as opposed to trying to find what I can do. Right. Right. I understand. Yeah. Cause Tyler Perry just had the big opening for his studio official. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. I love that. Okay, so we're going to work on a date for you to come here and we're going to work on a date for me to go <laughs> for me to come to Atlanta. Absolutely. I'm telling you, man. You come, let me know. Okay, all right. Thank you so much. Brittany, where can we reach you if we wanted to be a part of your magazine, be a part of your uh, nonprofit, if we wanted to get PR, branding information from you, where can we reach you? Um, you can reach me at mrsbrittanymiller.com. It's M-R-S. B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-M-I-L-L-E-R.com. Perfect. What about uh, social media? Instagram, Facebook? Uh, yes. Instagram is at Mrs. Britt Miller. M-R-S-B-R-I-T-T-M-I-L-L-E-R. Um, and actually, my magazine, my hair company, um, my daughter's page, all of that is connected to my main page on Instagram and all of my businesses are on one website, which is a branding, a branding tip there. (laughs) Okay. Oh, okay. A little, little knowledge before we, before we leave. Okay. Right. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much, Brittany, for, um, for us finally being able to connect everyone. it's, It's been like a couple of weeks of struggles for Brittany and I to get here. So I'm so grateful to have you on. I'm so grateful for you to take time to speak with me and, um, Sure. Yeah, hopefully we can connect again in the future in, in you know, in Atlanta. <laughs> Absolutely, sure. <laughs> okay, Thank Brittany. You, so much for me. you are more than welcome. Thank you so much. Take care. You have a good one. Bye you bye. as well. Bye bye. Imagine being able to create your own schedule. Be free from the traffic world of the nine to five land. Imagine waking up and spending more time with your family. Imagine being able to start your business with little to no experience. Imagine being able to have all the resources you need to help you with that process. Well, if this is something you want for yourself, your imagination can become your reality reach out to me at I am Coyetta on 
Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can also email me at info at koyeda.com. And let's turn that dream into your reality. Your business is closer than you think. Are you guys impressed? Because I am impressed. I, I When I listened to that again, I was like, oh my God, she does so many things. And she has a large family like myself. And you know, I like to hear from people like that because I... I am constantly trying to figure out how to manage, how to prioritize and schedule. Like it's still, it's like, it's always a work in progress. So when I hear from someone, like I'm really, (laughs) I'm really intrigued. My ears are like fine tuned to, to, um, to everything they have to say. So I hope you guys really enjoy that episode. And it's a lesson on reinventing yourself, starting over because, you know, life continues. It goes on and it doesn't have to stop because you don't like your job or because it's not working out the way you want it to or because you don't know a particular skill yet you can learn it you can learn it like she's done so um yeah i hope you guys got what you need to get out of that to apply to your life your situation your goals and dreams and until next time take care don't forget don't forget to like comment, share. Everything you do matters to me. Everything you do matters to us. Everything you do counts. And so those things really keep this podcast going. So thank you all again and enjoy the rest of your day. Until next time.